right. Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network, where the purpose of the podcast is always to be uh, candid and to give you more information that you can get anywhere else. And I always say that the purpose of the podcast is to make me money. And the reason I say that is because, uh, you know, with the pandemic and things getting real out there, we have a huge uh, crime crisis. We have a huge mental health crisis. So uh, myself and Mike Christianese are giving you everything we have every week to give you financial first aid kit, to give you a mental health first aid kit. And because you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all of the time. And the more clear you are with information, the more money you make, right? And the more money we make, the audience has made us money, the sports picks, the insight to Bob Baffer, the comments. Uh, so it's a collaborative process, but every podcast is a business meeting, right? This is horse racing, true crime. So you're not only getting insight into the criminal justice system, you're getting insight into criminal and criminal behavior. And we'll go into um, why certain people get prosecuted that are committing crimes and other people are not, right? So this is true crime. We're looking at, we're being destructive in everything that we talk about because it's things that we see in media that's not been reported. I have an MBA. I have, you know, rich clients that worth 20 million and above. But I also graduated at the Pointer Institute for Media Studies. Back when journalism was about knowing that you didn't have a monopoly on the truth, but getting to as much truth as possible. And knowing it can really be objective because we all have biases, conscious and unconscious biases. We have biases we like. We like to suspend disbelief. And there's two kinds of denial. People only talk about the denial is bad, where you're not paying attention to something that's going to nip you in the butt. All right, or you know, you're out of it like 500 days of summer that we talk a lot about, or the affair. But there's healthy denial, right? That helps you function and be productive because you do need to suspend belief. <laughs> so we get different. Uh, everybody can have their own opinion, but they can't have their own facts. And we'll go into the definition and ground things as we get deeper, right? We did an overview, a macro of the case involving uh, Jorge Navarro and Jason Service, profile who they are, but now we're going to go in deeper and combine it with all the information. And again, what is the why? The why is to make money. So uh, we gave you the winner of the Kentucky Derby, 12 to 1. We gave you the winner of the Preakness, 12 to 1. And we gave you the show horse, Ron Bauer, that fits the profile of the not just the crimes being committed, but where the industry is going. And again, making you money. We made you money in the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes. So it's making you money. You go on my Twitter feed uh, tonight, 100%, 2 0. Clippers and the under. So you can go on my Twitter feed and make money. So everything is currency. Every single person you see either has a plus sign or a minus sign. Delete all the minus sign people and go with the plus side people that are making you money. And we have a lot of fun with a golf guy. So if you're the smartest, toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So uh, we got Mike Prisanisi, 
who's been married many, many years. All his kids are successful, have successful businesses. And he's generous enough to share his time and information. Why? The purpose is to make money and the outcome, right? Is those picks on Twitters and the winner of all the triple crown races pretty much. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. I, I hope our listeners can go back a few podcasts because when we brought up the name Jason Service and Jorge Navarro, a lot of people were saying, well, wait a minute, these guys are trainers and they're involved in the horse. How they're not involved in crimes. And we started unwrapping that. And as we talked before this podcast began, I actually think we are becoming investigative journalists because we're digging. I hate to use that word because it seems like something's been buried. Guess what? The truth has been buried. I and mean, we're digging and scratching and digging and probing and exploring. And each time we dig further and further, and you're really good. You're digging up a lot of information. Tonight, we're going to talk about the indictment of Jason Service. Man, you talk about some scary stuff. Josh, these are people that are our neighbors. These are people that live across the street. Our viewers and our, our listeners are saying, that guy lives across the street from me. Yeah, you want to be careful who you're hanging out with. Your pluses and minuses, <laughs> do more homework about that. Right. And uh, we'll make sure we get all the transcripts out there because this is a narrative. And all the dots connect from the very first podcast, the last one. We missed a week because some things happened uh, under the weather and some things didn't align. And people kept downloading and downloading and downloading. It's because people binge it and all the dots are connected. Every podcast has to tell a story. And we're telling a story, a big grand story, right? But we're like a good um, miniseries or a good movie. that There's stories within the story that all tied together. And what we're doing is making sense of things, not having any judgment, right? Uh, we look at facts. What is a fact? Something you can prove to be true. How do you prove something, right? Every state has different elements. Every judge is different. But in general, the way you prove something is with video evidence is corroborated. Yeah, this happened, it's on video. Contemporaneous, right? Contemporaneous documentation with corroboration right? Uh, the worst is eyewitness testimony. So eyewitness testimony, you have to have corroboration, has to be in a timely manner, right? And uh, you got to provide specifics. Right. So that's, that's the baseline, right? Because you can come up with your own opinion, but you cannot come up with your own facts. And we base everything on what we see are the facts. And you can tell us different if you think differently, which a few of you have. So we appreciate that. So I'm going to read three paragraphs out of the indictment, and then I'll ask your opinion as it all kind of ties in together. And in this podcast, we're going to help you. There's a crime crisis. Uh, Rachel Manor, Don Lemon, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, they're all saying they're from the left and, and the right. They're all saying there's a, uh, a crisis with crime, right? And a few other tenants who don't commit two crimes at the same time. Also, uh, people say, well, deep states are conspiracy, right? So we're going to talk a little bit in this indictment about the deep state and uh, evidence, again, based on what I said, what happens with the FBI. Not all the FBI guys are the same. So it's almost like the 80-20 rule. Only 20% of people in 80% are any good. 80% are not. <laughs> I actually had this conversation with a police chief, and he's like, well, you're right. 
about those bottom 10. Let me talk to you. Sat there for an hour. This uh, police chief of a major city here in Horse County sits with me for an hour, saying how I'm right and, and talks to an hour about the crimes being committed by the bottom 10 of uh, sheriff deputies. These are cops, right? How do cops, you know, how do drugs get in jail? Are sheriff deputies around the country a valuable asset in the drug trade? Why is the drug trade a trillion dollar industry? We don't have the answers. I think I want you to answer those questions for yourself. But that's the reality of what we see. And again, purpose and outcome. The purpose is to identify patterns and then get ahead of the patterns and monetize. That's why we won Preakness uh, Stakes with Ron Byer 12 to 1. Because we saw the pattern. With Dina Spirit, we saw that Bob Baffert was spiking horses and won the Kentucky Derby with maximum security. So we bet Medina Spirit at 12 to 1. And according to the board, we all get to keep our money. So that's identifying patterns and monetizing. So this is just not idle conversation. This is a business meeting. All right. So uh, the problem with communists, right? And you can disagree with me, but somebody that works for the government, it's not a business where, you know, Coach Mike and I, Mike Priscinista are in, where we provide value. And then we charge for the value we provide. And I always say we always charge triple. We always uh, not charge, especially when I opened up my restaurant and I first started, I was not charging enough mm. for my food. Yeah. So socialists and people that work for the government don't know how to buy things. And you can look at Robert Schiller, professor from Yale, and a lot of economists and a lot of professionals in finance say that communist countries and socialists do not want to buy them. And the reason I say that is because you see it here in the first paragraph of the indictment. Professional horse racing is a 100 billion industry. How about try a couple trillion? <laughs> so they're off by 20 times. Right? You're off by 20 times. And you say, oh, Josh, what do you mean? Well, the handle in Kentucky that they told us about for the Kentucky Derby was $250 million. Uh, horse sales that they tell us. Remember, we said every company I've ever been with that I've, uh, I hate using the word consultant because most consultants don't know what they're doing. But then I've been at concierges have had two set of books. So the Kentucky Derby is not all right. So horse sales is $250 million. Uh, Preakness stakes 200 million and Belmont stakes 150 million. So that's billion dollars in three horse races. So for them to say it's a hundred billion gold industry, they're wrong already. They bring me on as an expert witness, I blow up their whole case, which draws millions of fans a year. So millions of fans a year. Remember, the stimulus was seven trillion with a T. So a hundred uh millions millions of fans just in the united states uh mcconnell and schumer both tell you you're wrong <laughs> there's a lot more than uh than what they're saying the race race horses may sell at an auction for more than a million dollars they're contradicting themselves and the reason I say this is because these were on the take. And, and it's funny because I read a psychology book 35 years ago. 
And it says that if you give somebody a half hour to talk, they will confess. So in this indictment, they confessed that they sat on uh, incriminating information on a humongous scale for many, many years. Why did they do that? Could it be that they were paid? Right, and this only came to a head, as we said, when uh, Jared Kirshner um, made friends with the Saudi king and they were embarrassed bringing a spike horse. Not only did they put a spike horse here, they brought him to Saudi Arabia. So what are your thoughts on that first paragraph I read? Well, you know, you're talking about the horse racing industry. When you say trillion with a T, most of our viewers and listeners, we just lost them. You say B, billion, you've lost me. You say 100 million. I mean, those numbers are beyond our wildest pale. If you said to me 3,500 bucks, okay. If you said 100 grand, okay. You said a quarter million dollars, okay. So you're talking about dollars, Josh, that literally dollars are like, what do you call that? The marionette, the one that has the strings. There's a lot of money tied up here. And you take a guy like, we're going to talk about this. You're going to break it down, but Jason Service, okay. Here's a guy who probably loved horses. He was a trainer. He jockey. He, he really loved horses, right? And one day somebody said, you know, kid, you can make a lot of money. We got these PEDs. You just, you can't trace them. And guess what? These horses are going to win and you're going to bet and we're going to get you on. Next thing you know, this guy's a money-making machine. He forgot his love of horses. He got into the love of money, power. And you, you know the story. Yeah, the names and the faces change. That's but the right. story still the game. Mm-hmm. Like if anybody watches Chinatown or Colombo, yeah. it's about a detective who stumbles on something that are over their head. And the people who get caught, like I always say, or get indicted is because they do not have, what do they say? The rich, uh, the rich get away with things and poor middle class get justice. But do not commit two crimes at the same time. So part of the evidence that's in the indictment they were listening for phone conversation for seven years. Yeah. They had yeah. so much evidence. So what did they do with the evidence? They said, listen, because the FBI sees trillions of dollars saying, hey, I make 250000 with you. And again, look it up. Just type in Google, FBI agent takes bribe. Or watch the movie with um, oh. Johnny Depp, Massa. Right, mass hot or whatever it's called, right, right. about uh, the the mobster who got caught here in Southern California because his right. wife wanted fake boots. He gets yeah. caught, but it was about FBI agents on a take, and this is all uh, under the rules of evidence that we discuss, right? Yeah. yeah, Jason Service, he's part of this indictment with about twenty other people. Let, let it leads us right to there. the Stronish family. Yeah, let me stop you right there. Let me back up just one second. Okay, so just. For the viewers and listeners, here, here's a key point to just put in the back of your mind. Ask yourself, why would a guy committed to serving in the FBI, an agent, okay? Why would an FBI agent take a bribe? Just right. stop right there and think about that for a moment. And most of us would say, well, that's not right. They would raise their moral banner and wave their moral flag and go, hey, that's just not right. Put yourself in their shoes. You work for the government. You're paid X amount of dollars. You run into a chain of people, a gang, a ring, whatever, and all of a sudden you see, uh, let's just say you see a million dollars there in a table in a room, okay? <laughs> I've never seen a million dollars cash. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I think I do, but let's be honest. 
What would it, what would a viewer or listener do? Say, you mean you're going to pay me 150,000 bucks to walk away from here and not report this? Yeah. Kid can use it. Here, here's the cash. Take it. Stick it in your pocket and get out of here. Would you do it? People have to stop and think and say, 150 grand cash, it's not traceable. Nobody's going to know but me and this other guy or gal or whatever. Would who, who would who wouldn't consider it? Right. That's why I wanted to stop. And, 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 and yeah, no, and, and it triggered um, two things cold hard cash jacks. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, right. Google it. Google it. He was a uh, congressman in Louisiana. And the bribes, he used to put them in a paper, make him look like it was meat and put it in the freezer. But his problem was he had a whole freezer in the basement. <laughs> Nobody has basements in Louisiana, but, you know, he did. And they look it up and they, uh, because you have floods there, it's stupid to have a basement. So why does the guy have a, a refrigerator inside a basement and they open it up and inside wasn't meat. It was cold, hard cash. That's why they call him cold, hard cash. Jackson, which triggered, look this up, people, because remember, again, one of the underlying themes of the podcast, two things, right? Number one is if you listen to all the podcasts, if you read the transcripts, you will have an MBA that's more valuable than if you went to Warren or an Ivy League school, right? And the other underlying tenant, right? Because uh, Mike Persinese and I have over... Um, I would say around 120 years of life, <laughs> successful, whatever. So we give you underlying themes of humanity. One of this is the truth. Okay. And that's why people are in denial. And this has been the truth is much more stranger or more bizarre than fiction because it was this FBI agent in Maryland. You can Google all this, but I'm going to put links to all this. Yeah. I'll Google it and put links and all this do the work for you. you but it was an FBI agent who was on the take. When they investigated him, the way he got caught was because he would go to a Best Buy or Walmart and just walk out with a TV. Because he went in as dressed as an FBI agent and he looked good, got right. And he would walk out with the TVs. One of the managers got upset because they were about to fire him because of all the shrinkers. He tackles the guy, he beats the guy, the FBI agent up, and um the policemen say, hey, he's outside the store. You're the one who's going to get in trouble. But they were cool policemen, and they dragged the FBI agent inside the store. And they arrested him, and they got a warrant for his house. And let's you know, they found millions of dollars of cash because he was an FBI agent on the take. But he was, again, remember, do not commit two crimes at the same time. Not only was he a corrupt FBI agent on the take for millions of dollars, he was stealing <laughs> He didn't have to. The guy has a million dollars of cash yet. Obviously, some mental health issues. And, and listen, also read up on the, um, I'll put a link to it too, the FBI agent from Oakland. Because they're like, oh, you're bagging on FBI agents. Well, listen to, read these reports, not by me, independent source. Uh, FBI agent in Oakland who retired as an Oakland police officer with a disability. He said he couldn't work anymore. Uh, his legs were shot and he put on their two crimes at the same time. They had a mental disability. So he gets the $250,000 a year pension from retiring from the Oakland police department. And what kind of background stretch is the FBI doing? Cause he gets a job with the FBI making 250 grand a year. And the way he got caught was something stupid. Too. So train truth is much stranger than fiction. So let me read this other part of the indictment. Let me know your thoughts. Because we got to remember, right? He said, 
the deep state. I just told you stories you can verify evidence of deep state people, whatever you think they did, whatever. So when we say deep state, this is what we're talking about. But again, 20% of uh, FBI agents keep keep it up and they're brilliant and they would never take it. Right. All right. So this is their job. They're not saying they're aimed at protecting and participating in horses, ensuring fair competition, right? That's the board we talked about. And we gave you details into the board. The conclusion, Microsoft and I came and said taxpayers' money should not pay this when the Stronish family, right? And this links to uh, what we feel is circumstantial evidence that we feel needs to be followed up on, on why the Stronages were found in her basement dead. Not the Stronages, but Honey and um, Barry Sherman, because there's uh, many ties in this indictments to them. Again, listen to those podcasts to figure out why those billionaire couple, only seven murders in Toronto in 2019, and two of them were two billionaires found in a basement, the same neighborhood the Stronich is living. All right, so these regulations, right? So we talked about regulations. We talked about uh, selective prosecution, talked about what's ethical, what isn't unethical. The only things that matter are things that have teeth and enforcement mechanisms. So if a regulation does not have enforcement, mechanism it is worthless and they're wasting your time your taxpayers money at all these uh city council meetings and board meetings where they talk about regulations and ethics stop it i told the lake force i told the lake force city council please save my taxpayers money and take all the paper all the space on the website that talks about ethics and regulations and delete it <laughs> because they need nothing because they don't have either do two things Put enforcement mechanism in it, or just delete it because it doesn't matter. You're wasting my time, space on the on the hard drives and on the on the server and all this paper with all these regulations and ethics. Just just shred them because they mean nothing. You know, these regulations uh, prescription of performing enhancing drugs PEDs, which when you watch the Olympics, that's what. The Chinese and the Russians are so good because they're all injected with this masking agents by these uh, scientists from the state, the ones that brought you uh, COVID-19 from a lab in Wuhan. The, the other side of the lab is giving performing and drinking drugs so they can win something in the Olympics. New York? Uh-huh. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci from New York? You, yes, and we'll, yeah, and we'll talk about what selective prosecution is. After I finish reading this, we'll get your response and we'll talk about selective mm-hmm. prosecution. We'll share the screen, an article in the Wall Street Journal today that ties in the nut because we talked about a podcast. And Rick was saying, well, you know, Dr. Fauci uh, is, does work or is part of the government, which we'll, we'll let the people decide. We'll just discuss the facts and specifics. Facts based on the definition I gave you in front of the podcast. All right. So number two, these charges and this indictment result from a wide spread right so they're indicting themselves it's widespread and they've been following this for seven years and they didn't pull the trigger until they were forced to by the saudi king which is cousin one the uh belmont stakes and we that was last podcast where we detailed uh, the king from dubai uh schemes by racehorses trainers veterinarians whatever happened to the hippocratic oath PD distributors, others to manufacture 
and distribute and receive adulterated and misbranded PDs okay, and to secretly administer those PDs to racehorses under schemes participant control. Well, that's big lie number one. Wow. By evading PD, you know, we'll tell you right away. PD uh, prohibitions, deceiving regulators. <laughs> we talked the whole ep- episode on regulators, and we had Carl Mayo and uh, Desmond. So you can listen to what regulators have, right? And horse racing authorities, among others, participants sought to improve race performance and obtain prize money from racehorses throughout the United States and other countries including New York, New Jersey, Florida, Ohio, and Kentucky. And they're missing California. Who has, okay, I ask you two questions before I finish the prayer craft. It jumps out at you. Who has farms and racetracks in all this place? The Stronich family. <laughs> all right. The Stronich family. Let me let me back you up one second because right. when you said as you're reading this is the indictment of uh, service Jason's service right? right there was a widespread corrupt scheme by racehorse trainers veterinarians PED distributors and others to manufacture and receive adulterated and misbranded PEDs and then administer them. Does that not sound like the mafia to you? <laughs> Look, exactly. We're going to buy these drugs and give them the people. They're going to pay the money. If they don't pass, we go kill them or break their legs. I mean, it sounds like the Godfather, but this is what it is. What happened in the Godfather? They found the guy's horses head in bed with him, right? Right. <laughs> the guy and yelling. Why? That was his pride and joy. That was his love. This and we talk about, you know, Florida's in the news. Florida's in the example. news. Uh, paid off building inspector. Right, because and we see it here in California, consultants, consultants say whatever the developer, of the city wants, or else you'll never get hired for another consulting job again. The same thing for the inspector was building farm. And we talk about Florida, we talk about California Bad Boys Farm, owned by the Gotti family, the Gambino family, where the Thronages have a uh, horse farm. They own the track in Florida, and where Barry Honey Sherman had a pharmacy, not just a pharmacy, if Mike Persinisi or Josh Abner went to that pharmacy and asked for a prescription for our wives, uh, they would kick us out because it's a horse pharmacy. I, I, have you ever been to a horseback pharmacy? Never have. Never have. <laughs> they have a horse pharmacy, right? Yeah, so when you talk about distribution, who has a, you know, the Stronach just has three billion, uh, Barry Honey had one billion. Uh, who can has the shops here to manufacture and distribute, not George Navarro or Jason Service. Right. People who are not in this indictment. And then this, this is an indictment of the people indicting people. <laughs> because why can't it be this so widespread that you have others recording the other's evidence and you only pulled the trigger when you had to? It was all in the news. Jerry Kirshner was sniffing around because he's friends with the king and these clowns bring a spiked horse to Saudi Arabia. Do not commit two crimes. At the we same time, wins, and they said, "Wait a minute, hold, stop the presses. 
we're not gonna pay off here. Something's wrong here. No. And he couldn't indict the see they indicted the lowest people on the, on the totem pole because yeah. he couldn't indict the jockeys because the jockeys were all drunk and, and high, you know, to keep their weight so they could ride these horses. They were gonna go anywhere, so they, they got the trainers who, who are guilty of sin, but believe me, they don't have the money, right? Anybody can just look their bank out. They don't have the money to distribute and to manufacture. They don't know the chemicals and go. And, and the veterinarians are in the far end. And all the doctors that are they credit granting for, they all make money, cheat on their wives with the secretary, get the, in the business group that Mike Brasinese and I, we met that looked the dentist, which I love to death when I mentioned his name, but that's what he did. He married his um, secretary after he had the first one. So, you know, veterinarians need the money too. So why are veterinarians involved? Because they need the money. They've been married two or three times, have 10 kids, like Baffert and they And instead of just going to USF where I went, was $2,000 a semester. Yeah. They have to go to Penn State where 60 grand a semester with 10 kids. So why? that's why they do all this crazy stuff. Oh, this is very interesting. And the United Emirates, Dubai. That was last week's podcast. Right. <laughs> we talked about that. And uh, all, the, all the crimes being committed by the king. And who's going to, you can't, he's not going to prosecute himself, right? Unless he had a lot of guilt. And uh, would he spike a horse? Well, he's in the indictment. The victim, of course. FBI agent wants to keep the money flowing, wants to stay alive. Trainers who participated in the scheme stood to profit from the success of the racehorses under their control by earning a share of the horses' winnings and by improving the horsing racing records. Bam, that's how we made the money, right? Because we knew that the horse that increased this most value was the horse that was going to win the race. And a slow horse like Grumbauer. Runs a lot faster when you spike it with some Cenebratrol with Linda Bryce got suspended. I mean, you and I would be in there. She just got suspended for a few weeks so she can go on vacation now that Europe's open. Penn National. Uh, <laughs> Penn National. We all know the Penn National is owned by Steve Wynn. Go ahead, read the articles about Steve Wynn still doing mafia activities with a hotel he's building in Boston. And also read about how the mafia kidnapped his daughter. Yeah. Now, Josh, he went to billionaire. Let me interrupt you one second. So most of our viewers and listeners have seen the movie Casablanca, right? Right. There's a part of the movie where Rick is helping this kid and his wife get some money to get out of the country, right? So he says to the roulette wheel, bet on such and such number, let it ride. So the guy wins all the get out of here. And the one guy says, is is this, is is this place, is this legal? Right. If you can fix a roulette wheel, you can fix a horse race because you have all of the distribution chain. Everybody's in line saying, we all get a cut. We all get a piece of the action. That's the big deal here. That's why you and I are, as we keep digging, keep digging. This Jason Service, again, like you said earlier, a guy lower down the totem pole. Somebody said, look, you can make a bunch of money. Just play ball with us. Don't make it waves. Don't say anything other than what we tell you to say. And I think Barry and Honey or Sherman, what caused them to get killed was they started feeling guilty because they're making a bunch of money, but horses are dying like crazy. And that's or or because you're a nice man. You think the best of people. That's the the good way, and it's very plausible, very logical. 
or when they sought this indictment and they saw if I'm Barry Sherman and I see manufacturing and distributing and I have a horse pharmacy, the only horse pharmacy where Jason Service and George Navarro are working, doesn't look too good. Who knows? Maybe they faked their death. We don't know. They have enough money to pay everybody off. Because once you see distribution and manufacturing, um, because remember, part of crime is location, placing the person at the crime. And both honey were at the crime at that pharmacy. And Barry was a hands-on guy. Yeah, he's a veteran. People, right? They're saying, oh, people are missing from the hotel that crashed. And people, people are missing. They could be in where? Toronto, because there's snowbirds. And they like Florida, and these people had a horse farm in Florida, beautiful Cal, Florida, of all places, where the Gambino has a bad boys farm. They could be all in right. Dubai. They could be in Italy. They could be in some island. Would the king hide their death because he's involved in all the course? I mean, this is a fair question. I've never heard the media say, by the way, they found the bodies burned or shot. I, I never saw that. I never. I didn't read through that. And I'm, when you said that, I thought the same thing. I thought, are, are they really dead? <laughs> Did we pull a con on us? I mean, I, <laughs> there was only five that? murders in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're going to read this paragraph and let me know what you think. Right. Yeah. To avoid detection of the administration of misbranded adulterated PDs uh, to resources, also known as doping, but we know it as, if you listen to the first podcast, my girl spiking horses the horse owner, the scheme participant routinely defrauded and misled government agencies, right? We're paying for these horse racing boards, including federal and state regulators, uh, U.S. Customs Protection. These are all have printed stories of all these people being on the take. Various state, various, we profile the California state racing regulators. So various state horse regulators who the veterinary of, uh, Santa Anita, that's owned by the Stronages, that we've been paying for 12 years. We've been paying him to be on a horse racing war. Has never, the only client he's ever had, never sold anything, was the Stronage family. Why is he on the board? And we don't even care that he's on the board. What we care about is that we're paying for it out of our own taxpayers' money. Among other right. deceptive means, defendants relied in part on their distribution and administration of customized PDs designed and intended to be difficult or impossible to detect, right? So high school graduates, uh, Navarro in a service didn't have this knowledge as far as the chemistry concerned to be able to have these uh, steroids and drugs that if you, when you test the Russian and Chinese guys at the Olympics, this is what they have, can be detected. Uh, creating a fraudulent or misleading labels on the PDs, they don't have the resources to do this. Federal statutes and regulations are designed in part, right? This, this, I mean, I don't know. This is the agenda wrote this indictment. Uh, I'm indicting his law school. In part, no, it's in whole. So I'll change this in whole. So federal statutes and regulations are designed in part, he says, I say in whole to protect horse races and the taxpaying public by ensuring that only drugs approved by the paid off US Food and Drug Administration and drugs are administered pursuant to the valid participation 
and administered, we laugh to not cry at this nonsense, and other animals by failing to abide by such uh, prescriptions, horse trainers, veterinarians, and others imperil the health and well-being of horses. Yeah, well, only 200 horses we know of have died of sanity, and 76 horses have died under the care of Bob Baffert that we also profile. Ministering to rent horses unapproved, whose chemical composition is unknown. I bet you Barry Sherman knows the chemical composition. And Emily, non-veterinarians, such as George Navarro and Jason Service, to minister these drugs to horse racing using methods of administration and injuries that in extreme cases, it wasn't extreme cases, it was commonplace with horses was an epidemic of them dying. And that's where it raised a lot of eyebrows. PETA's paid off too, because PETA runs his mouth about this and that, but PETA has been concocted. They've been conspicuous, right, with their silence. Yes, they have. It's been deafening, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, kill horses, masking the horse's right there, ability to feel pain. Yeah, stop right That's there. what Medina started at. And, then, and that's the end of that paragraph. You said, so hmm. 76 horses have died under Bob Baffert's care custody control the last three right. years. This is a guy that was born to be a jockey and a trainer. This is a guy who was born to love horses. Who right. said anytime publicly, I love horses. I love horses. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Something must have switched here in old Braino here because apparently your love of money and influence and power has now overshadowed or overtaken your love of horses. Because after all, only 76 have died out of your what 15,000? You're right. And this is this is only in the last two years that we know of. And then 30 horses have tested dirty. And again, these steroids, they're, not only are they masked, but they're untraceable. They're untraceable. And what they do is that the horse, like Medina Spirit, that drug they got is because it hides um, the pain, right? So the horse overexerts itself because it's not feeling any pain because they're high. And they That's get right. bigger, stronger, faster. Right. And they run that race he ran in the Kentucky Derby. And the crazy part about it is we all have, under the rules of evidence, documentation that's contained. We have video evidence. You can watch the horse race yourself on YouTube and watch that horse run. Run by the same way. Yeah. I remember uh, Rick said that we could unrun run by. We could if the horse wasn't spiked. But spiked, it's the winner of the Preakness Stakes. That's right. And places in the Belmont or shows in the Belmont. Right. I said in a horse race of seven races, seven horses, and one's no good, you're down to six. That horse is too good to not be coming in third. That's all now, third. let me know if this makes sense because you say, okay, gosh, uh, Mike Rossinisi, they had all this evidence for so many years. And you're saying, I'm not even saying, it's just a timeline. Didn't get indicted until the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, the rigs. Now, this is fixed, right? Everybody knows it's fixed. It's fixed on OPEC, right? Supply and demand. Right? It's a legal, legalized fixed job. Why? Why did they sit so many years on this evidence? Let me know if this makes sense to you, Mike Bristol. Okay. Well, I'm going to share the screen from today's Wall Street Journal. This Wall Street Journal. I. Fossey's emails bolster 
the lab leak theory. So why did we need to, and once I'm done, you let me know if it makes sense in your opinion. Why did we need Fossey's email to get this information Fossey had? Now, uh, Rick and one of the podcast says, oh no, Fossey um, works for the government, part of the government. So when you read the article, Health and, service, health and Human Services is an agency, right? It's almost like an independent contractor that works for the government. They have this agency and they do X, Y, Z. Now we're noticing that the CDC and other agencies actually has more power. And I think it's more power because they want to get away from Health and Human Services. So let's just shut it down, right? I think Health and Human Services was shut down and brought back by Obama. Let's just completely shut that down. Let's stop wasting our money. Why? Why do you say this, John? Because Fauci owns the NIH, which is a nonprofit organization, right? It's again an independent contract. So for Trump or Biden to fire Fauci, can't fire Fauci. What he has to do is waste over $100 million that we already given the NIH, right? The NIH, uh, the National. Uh, Institute of Virology. So we're already giving them $100 million. So you fire Fosters, you throw $100 million down the drain. It, it's hard. You could do it. It's hard to do, right? So that's why you can't fire Fosters. And then why is Fosters all out? I say it's to inspire sympathy, right? And to inspire credibility because nobody wants to see him behind bars. And we just want to see him in cuffs. And you say, Josh, why? Why would Fauci be in cuffs? Well, if you read this article, it's titled Fauci's Email Bolsters Laughing Chair. So what happened is that Biden and Donald Trump have both said that we're at war with China and the Chinese Communist Party. And nothing goes through China, any money, without going to the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese Communist Army. So why did... Fauci give millions and millions of dollars to the Chinese. If my person needs to myself gave a million dollars to anybody who we're at war with, and if you did, most of our audience, 99% of the artists, you will be behind handcuffs. Patriot Act, which was unconstitutional and never should have done, but Patriot Act says that if you are suspected, right, you talk about third world countries, if you are suspected of any uh, the guys from the indictment who didn't indict to borrow, if they decide that they suspect that you possibly could be committing a terrorist act, they can arrest you without any due process. And they did it after 9-11. Why not repeal it? There's so many laws, and both on the right and the left, you have so many lazy legislatures, and then they're getting mad for people writing. I, I would write just because of that, because... I could be locked up, Mike Brissanisi could be locked up, or wise would know nothing forever. And you could be dead or in the good time of May. And it's all legal, right? So that is selective prosecution that Mike Brissanisi and I would be jailed for giving the Chinese $11 million. He said, well, where's this documented? Well, it's documented if you listen to the Wall Street Journal from the right or the Washington Post that's from the left. Both sides agree that the NIH gave millions and millions of dollars to the Chinese to develop, in my opinion, not my opinion, in the opinion of people that are a lot smarter than I, that know about science, both sides of the aisle. 
who say that this was a biological weapon used for the military to throw against people. They got a little bit out of control, but it doesn't even matter. It's, it's, we're just explaining, not just, I hit the word just, we're explaining what selective prosecution is. And, all right, two part question. I want you to know whether that makes sense. The second part question. I talked to a police chief in Orange County, and he explained to me selective prosecution. And I was like, who made, right? Uh, the police chief of a town, God, is he qualified to be God? And the guy that I was talking to just has a bachelor's. So a guy with a bachelor's degree, a badge and a good, is now God. And is he qualified to process? And I'll say this, are most police chiefs in most towns, right, qualified to be God and selectively prosecute people? No. <laughs> well, since we have, according to Rachel Maddow, according to Don Lemon, according to Chris Cuomo, according to Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, from the right, we have uh, Biden, Trump, everybody. We have an out of control crime problem. Has the ship of selective prosecution sail, right? And the ability for cops to make a differentiation between the literal law and the spirit of the law. Yeah, the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law. Right. And when you're talking about Dr. Fauci, okay, there's a lot of people watching, listening. Some love the guy, some can't stand the guy. And, and right. like, okay, when you, I love the guy, I love start, the guy. Yeah. well, he you got to give him credit for one thing, okay. And we were talking about the mafia earlier, okay, right? He's a smart cookie, not forget the fact he's Italian, forget he's from New York, he's <laughs> minute, although that might come into play. On him. He's a very smart guy because he's <laughs> my MD, I'm gonna be right. Okay, and in his very early career, he was involved in the AIDS epidemic. He was involved in getting... One thing, I'll stop you about the AIDS epidemic. There's no vaccine for AIDS. Right? No vaccine for AIDS. But he was involved in the idea of getting people... If you remember back, they blamed Reagan for hating homosexuals. He wanted to kill people with AIDS. Uh, Not because from the truth, but right. media. And again, pardon my French, Dr. Fauci, Tony Fauci, Gets his face on that camera. Who's Dr. Fauci? He's this genius. He's this mad scientist genius doctor. Okay, fast forward, whatever, 35, 40 years. Did you notice in all the press conferences with Trump, Fauci's there all the time and he's. <laughs> they had to stop him down to get him shut up. Now he's on every TV. He's on every TV. Every, every single briefing, the Biden, a whole different administration, all side of the aisle. Every single briefing they do about COVID-19. There's Dr. Fauci, the same yeah. guy who gave the 11 million to the Chinese, the oh. same guy who delete, delete, because I don't know if I've said it, the story, but the story's about, there's a whole, and I kind of like him too for this too, it's dual roles, right? And, and a lot of this podcast is complicated when you take two, two or more factors, is complicated. But Fauci deleted the DNA sequence from all the work the lab was doing because the Chinese didn't want those DNA sequences in there. They Why wouldn't they want it in there, right? We could speculate, but my uh, assumption based on the facts and circumstantial evidence is because it was gonna prove that it was made in the lab. But 
Dr. Johnson kept those DNA strands and gave it to our, there's good and bad deep state. Let's see, this is a good deep state CIA who has that whole sequence. So when Biden, Biden knows the law and he's not going to ask a question that he doesn't know the answer to. So when he says, oh, we're going to redouble our efforts to find if it was made in the lab, he already knows it was made or no, or maybe he's making the same conclusion that I'm doing on the facts that those missing DNA strands that the Chinese want out are the ones that prove it was made in a lab for a biological weapon. And what I love about Dr. Fauci is he is, whenever Dr. Fauci starts, I'm taking notes because the man is effective. The man knows how to talk. The man knows PR. And remember, purpose and outcome. So what's the purpose of Dr. Fauci being in all this meeting? To create enough credibility and influence for himself, not to get cuffed up and not to get arrested for giving millions of dollars to the enemy. Can you imagine a poor 80-year-old doctor from New York being tried for treason? Come on, Mike. What are you, some kind of a right-wing loony bin? Are you some kind of an idiot? Remember Trump tried to fire him? No, I'm not. I'm just wondering why this guy wasn't accused of treason because that's what he's doing. This happened way back in the yeah, Trump, Trump wanted to, to get him for reason, but then he got the polls back. He was down five points. This is yeah. stop talking about Fashi if you ever want to You're, you're going to lose the thing. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he had that much power because the media, again, here's why our podcast is probably a little unique. We're trying to tell the truth. We're not trying to just hide our biases. We have biases, but for crying out loud, at some point in time, you say, and I asked a question to this guy the other day. I said, Okay, let's take just take Trump versus Biden. Okay, Trump right. for five years he got a rectal exam every fifteen minutes. Forget about it. Fifteen minute regular rectal exam for five years. Biden, the media is on vacation or asleep. They they left. I don't know. Just seems a little odd to me. Now you say, Mike, is that is that politics? Is that I don't know what it is. But the poor man is dementia oriented. He can't. He doesn't know what time it is or where he's located. I feel bad for him as a human being. I don't know how our country is going to function as a nation. Well, Vice President Harris is going to take over. Right. Go to the border, by the way. She's going to El Paso, Texas, to the border. That's where all the problem is, right? For all the people coming. Well, in. we're describing the problem because it doesn't matter whether it's Republican or Democrat. Uh, border Patrol agents, Republican Democratic uh, elected officials. Republican, Democratic, deep state, all of them. Because remember, this is a $26 trillion housing market, $14 trillion stock market, uh, $1 trillion horse racing industry. You can go on and on and on, right? Uh, I encourage everybody to listen to the podcast I did with Graham Honaker. And the point of it is, right, purpose and outcome, to explain, right? how much money there's out there. And we uh, detailed the Supreme Court decision that came down where the college people getting paid, why? Because Butler University, who did not win a title, Gonzaga finally won a title, or no, they got close. But uh, Butler, who didn't win the title, and then they go to the Big East and having, they even make the tournament last year. They have 1.9 billion with a B and earned advertising uh, value 
enemies. This is, uh, well, I haven't really, non-sports fans will say, well, I haven't really heard of Butler University. That's the point. And the other point is B. I can tell people in the podcast and every single business that I've been engaged with charge triple because the money's there. The money is out there. And if the person in front of you doesn't have it, the person behind them does, right? With a B, this is Butler University, folks, in Indiana, <clears throat> one of the four states in the country. Right? So, if that's Brutal University, how about NIH? Billion dollars, probably NIH. Fossil. If you told me tomorrow that, because remember this about Fashi, this is a YouTube uh, propaganda, fake news, YouTube video. Almost any, every single thing about it is false. It's a lie. The one thing that it is true, and, you know, and this is where I got an appreciation for Dr. Fashi and his communication skill. Not only does he avoid uh, prosecution, but he gets cops with no jurisdiction, no authority to kick somebody else out of the lab, out of the lab he was, the lady he had problems with. And it wasn't arrest for trespassing, whatever. They threw the lady down, they cuffed her, it was on video, and it was all on a phone call with Dr. Fauci. Right? And the call's not even logged or nothing, but just there's video. Right? Again, we go back to video evidence. So the lady being thrown down, coughed, and she wasn't even arrested. She just it took her out of the building. That's what happens <laughs> when you cross Dr. Fox. Well, right? yeah. Basically, the most recent thing is you can't disagree with me. Uh, has he become God? I mean, all of a sudden, Anthony God Fauci. Right. You can't disagree with somebody. And that's, right. what that's why this indictment against this Jason Service, you'd asked a question a while ago. Why did it take so long? And they had said in their indictment that we have full, well, the last seven years, six and a half, seven years, we have discovered all of this evidence. We finally compiled it and said, hey, maybe we should move on this. You think after seven years? I, got- I think they did move on. Yeah, finally. Somebody said we got they got They got paid. Something. That was the movement you saw. Paid somebody, go get this guy, let's get him in jail. Now he's been indicted. Now he's going to have to stay in trial. Now the fun really starts. Are the attorneys going to come forward for... <laughs> Well, I can see, I can see the conversation, right? Not even Ivanka, nobody. The only person, and this person should have hired us because we probably would have helped Trump out, probably win the election. But the only person that Trump listens to is Jason Miller, right? So I could, I could see this conversation. Hey, Jason, well, what do you want to talk about, Donna? Well, I want to fire Fosh. And Jason Miller says, do you want to live? I'm the president of the United States. No, that wasn't the question I asked. I said, do you want to stay alive? Yeah. <laughs> you can't fire Fosh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, Biden, are you going to keep Fosh? Of course I'm going to keep <laughs> Are you kidding well, remember, me? Remember the initials years ago, FOB? Friend right. of Bill? If you're a friend of Bill's, you're in like a couple of porch climbers. If you're not, people end He's up- not even afraid of, of, of she. I think she's afraid of Fosh because she tells him to delete the strand and Fosh says, sure. And he didn't. It's right here in the Wall Street. He, believe yeah. me. Yeah. Fosh is like, I live 80 years. I don't care. He, he just, he hustled and he just gangster the whole Chinese government. So that, I have a lot of respect for Fosh as far as, as, far as his ability at the highest level of uh, 
mafia gangster activity. <laughs> Want to talk about Teflon? We 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 laugh, but it's a laugh with a kind of a tongue in cheek laugh. No, 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 no. But this is serious business. Yeah, this is serious business. That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. You see Dr. Fauci on TV and you're not writing notes about his word choice, how he percepts himself after being such a successful guy who who outmaneuvers the Chinese and American government and everybody else. You're not listening to what he's saying, what he's saying. If if you... You don't have to believe him. We're talking about methods that you can copy and use in business meetings and communication, podcasts, and what we write and so on and so forth. He was. He he's he is he has that ability to look the camera in the eye and say, "Look, honey, I'm on. I'm on stage. It's my time. It's showtime." Bob Fosse, right? It's showtime, and he just that camera goes on. He's on, right? And you have to admit, he ha- he does command a presence. He really right. does. You said the magic phrase. You have to listen to what he's saying. It's like Barack Obama. Barack Obama could read the phone book and people would say, the man's a god. He had that ability to speak in a way that was almost mesmerizing. Now, if you listen to what he said, a lot of times it was not copacetic, but that's a whole other story. Well, this is a whole other story. It's irrelevant whether Dr. Fauci is telling you the truth or not. I could say probably not because he, he's got so many things that are really above our head and things are going. The guy's hustling the Chinese government. He's giving him money at the same time. The American people. He, what you said earlier is right on. He wants to build sympathy for his cause. He's a little sharp guy. He's got a Napoleonic complex. They're all, they got this power base going. He's right. got it behind his name. It's he doesn't a- need any money anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't need the money. He's loaded. He's 80 years old. Billions of dollars. Don't he there. likes to be in front of the TV camera. All right. So you say, Josh, the NIH got $100 million. Yes. Documentation, right? That I can follow. Nonprofits are allowed to use ninety percent of what comes in for anything they want, including salaries of the head of the NIH, which is Fauci. Yes, you're saying the Fauci can put in a bank legally ninety million dollars just this year, man. That's just one year. So for the last thirty years, hundred million dollars, he's worth. He's got more money than the Strunages and Barry Honey Sherman combined. And influence with a lot of people in that echelon. So now you're talking about what you said earlier. Now you have people at a very high echelon in society, socioeconomic level, where they play a different game of chess than you and I play. They play with beautiful pieces, and it's a whole different story. And they literally do manipulate and control people in the media because they can. And can you look... Now that now that you're seeing it through a different lens that we've been teaching people on this podcast, because this podcast is currency, we're making people money. So now when you eliminate some things, are there some lessons to learn how he manipulates whole governments and people? Very talented guy. You know, the man has a lot of talent. And more words of power. All he's using are words. So, you know, it says in a lot of holy books in the Bible that my brother, first there was the word and the word was God. What does that mean? Words are very, very powerful. Words are God. What, what first is, there what, was the word and the words of God. The scriptures, and I think it's in Proverbs, says that life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Think about that for a minute. 
you and you're not going to listen and write down what an expert in the words are i don't know if you remember this but when we first met almost 12 years ago now i said to people when i interview you do you mind if i take notes that's why right. my okay? i know and i've stolen that ever since i, I used that every minute since for 12 years and they look at you like yeah sure why i want to make sure i capture what you're saying because words mean things and a lot well this is the other thing too uh something that's helped me make a lot of money and something my mom taught me and then i had to see it in a seminar from some really successful smart people and they said the same thing my mother told me as a kid track your emotions when we talk about writing notes oh what the emotion of my spouse da, 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 so i can come like no, no no your emotions and your emotions are not sometimes words sometimes it's, that track you do that and see how much of a difference in your life and then your performance and anything else because you don't have to communicate i don't care if it's your wife your therapist your pre you don't have to communicate all your emotions what you do is you track and you get the hawthorne effect that anything you track and measure you improve 10 to 20 percent and they say the emotional control emotional intelligence makes you more money than anything else Fauci is very emotional intelligent when he's going to the Congress, he's sparring with um, a guy from Kentucky with a curly hair, with a poodle hair. Man. You know, his neighbor kicked his ass for whatever reason. He was at a set of rats a year. Grandpa, right? He he hasn't talked to his dad because his dad's a, a nutcase. <laughs> so, but besides that, emotional control, right? And he destroys Grandpa. Fox and Fox will show it. One perspective, I'm not sure. Rand Paul pointed out some things that did make him look like a liar. He, you watch Fauci, he did a Texas two step a couple times to make, yeah. But what's the result of that? Is Fauci fire? No, is Fauci fire making any less money? No, it's all, yeah, he's not getting anywhere. All he's doing is, you know, running his mouth. Purpose and outcome, he's not getting any outcomes. This is why I hope, Josh, I hope people listening in. I hope they never lose sight of the fact, always tell the truth. I, I'm sorry. You can be slicker than cat's not. You can be Joe Smooth, Joe Cool. Don't get into lying. Don't, well, don't lie into to yourself, right? Because if you're uh, a Christian and you're in Nazi Germany and some Jews are in your basement, right? You're not going to tell the Nazi guard. Remember, uh, the law and justice are both sides of the same coin and they're distant cousins at best right now christianity is illegal in china that's right. but i would say don't lie that's why you track your emotions don't show them to anybody wow that's right don't god's going to judge us whether your life's going to get you to heaven or hell and it's over my head do not this is where you get in trouble it's when you start lying to yourself right well you're you're an english literature major what did shakespeare say to thine own self be true hundred percent. That makes perfect sense to me. It's like when you look in the mirror and you say, you did a good job today, Mike. Go to bed, go to sleep. You look in the mirror and say, you, you're a lying snake. You know that? You're really slick. Right. No, and, and Anna has a good point, right? And she puts it a good point. Don't do anything. I would say this. Don't do anything that's harmful to yourself and to the people around that's right if you're right. gonna say a lie that's gonna hurt you or anybody else around you i say don't do it but okay. if it's a lie 
to save the lives of some Jews who are 100% in, innocent or That's Christian right. or something, you're going to get killed by Nazi ancient, but I think you should. That's right. But because what are you doing? You're doing this, what's best for you and the people around. We get deeper to your point. I, I know we're talking about horse racing, true crime, but maybe and we've gotten real deep into true crime. We're giving people more information, but now let's get, let's finish up with the, the golf. Uh, we both won a lot of money at plus 800. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to ask you if you want to talk about the U.S. Open final, the championship. That We yeah, have plus 800. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll tie it in with a golf true crime because this is a true crime podcast and a lot of people hate sports or they don't like horse racing, but they do like yeah. the true crime element. And it's very encouraged by people binging the week we were off. Yes. We were off of the downloads one. So people were downloading on a week we, we did not have new content, but we have so much content out there. Yeah. Uh, especially since the true crime started. And remember, this is a series, and every episode builds on the next. So building a foundation for a golf to crime as we tie in the true crime, probably tie it into horse racing. Uh, we talk about just a lot of betting and gambling, every civilized society since uh, 2,000 years before the Bible yeah. has had uh, organized gambling, right? Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah was the first mention of the Bible, organized. But it's just in every society. And, and really, the way we look at it, not just because I have an MBA securities licenses, but the way we look at wagering is we look at investing. And last week, we invested money in time and plus 800, right? But this is... We're playing with our money. Rick was right about this. It's not the house's money. It's your money. your money. So we invested a tiny bit of our profit, right? 500% NFL, 500% profit. What Tesla doesn't have with all these great spin doctors like Dr. Fosh. He's not the only great spin doctor. You have, you know, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, right? They all do what Dr. Fosh is doing. Mm-hmm. And you learn from their communication skills and business skills. Why? Purpose and outcome. So you put money in your pot. So we invested in Lewis, and I'll let you handle his last name. And I got a lot of value. I got a lot of entertainment value. Even though I'm not a big golf guy, that he was right in it at the end. And this is the point I want to make, and let me know what you think. Uh, marginal utility. Very important. Marginal right. So marginal utility in uh, Novavik. He improved his stroke percentage 0.001. And he went from being 200th in the world, making good money, especially from a guy from the Czech Republic, 250,000, to now he makes over $15 million a year. People think he is going to be uh, known as one of the greatest, if not the greatest tennis player of all time. He only improved 0.001%, his stroke percentage, to get that different. Golf is uh, if you're the top 100th lawyer in the United States, like the money we're talking about, why we're saying this? So you charge more. So when you go ask for a raise, you explain them what we said on this podcast and why you're underpaid. Right? <laughs> uh, sure. You're a billionaire, right? But using the numbers, you would not make it on the PGA. PGA is point zeros i think this is exact right it's either uh six or seven zeros mm-hmm. and then a one of you making the pga so 
So we're talking here the elite of the elite, and there's really a tiny difference between the first guy who didn't make the cut and the guy that wins the whole turn. And that's why you say, oh, why is people that got cut still getting 50 grand, 100 grand? Because there's a lot of money and they made a lot of money just being eligible for the first two rounds. So this is uh, what you're watching is it's almost extraordinary. The elite status, these guys. And when we say, well, maybe this guy isn't mentally strong. Well, no, he's not as mentally strong as the most mentally strong. He's a mentally strong guy, or else he wouldn't be there at all. You would never know him and see who he was. So this is the elite of the elite. So we put plus 800. So $100. We would have won 800. And Lewis was there right at the end. So what are your thoughts about these elite of the elite? Well, first of all, for the viewer or listener who doesn't play golf and doesn't have any interest in the game at all, I'm, I'm sorry for you. You should. It's a really good game because golf can teach you a lot of life lessons, right. uh, especially things like about yourself and about right. telling the truth and about counting strokes and about are you really that good? Do you really get a five in that hole or do you get a seven? Right. But to your point about Louis Eustazen, who's a South African. Okay, I had said to you in the previous podcast, I think Louis is going to win the U.S. Open because he grew up in South Africa. He's played in a lot of wind, played with a lot of narrow fairways. This course is very much like South Africa. I did think in the back of my head, John Rahm, who got cheated out of a previous tournament, I said, if he can rebound, that was my word, if he can rebound, he can be up in, I said, I think the top five or top 10. I did not see John Rahm coming out of nowhere and stealing the thing on the last two holes by right. birdie 17-18, and Louis actually making a couple bad shots. So he came in second. Right. So we lost a couple of bucks on that. But but uh, plus eight, let's say plus 800, right? So you bet $100, you get 800 back. Yeah. Based on what you said. So we're making money on the pot. So based on what you said in golf, and what I said about marginal utility, there's a tiny difference between these guys. Yeah. It would have been a good investment. To put a hundred bucks on ramp, put a hundred bucks on Utah's whatever his name is, and put a you know a hundred bucks on McElroy or whoever you think you're going to be inside five. You win one, you make six hundred dollars profit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll start uh, previewing the major tournaments and coming up with three picks for the people. Now that yeah. we're qualified to doing it, what using math, yeah. science, science. Experiential learning. Now, just just so you know, Josh. So this is Louis Ustase in sixth, second place in majors. So anytime a major, you're talking about the U.S. Open, the PGA, they used to call it the British Open or the Open and the Masters. He's right there. He's right there. So just from a uh, past performance perspective, he's a good bet, John. Now, Martin, well, now using sports betting. Okay. Right? And statistics, right? So you went through the statistics okay. class. Right. Uh, the guy that won Jeopardy, uh, it went on the biggest role in Jeopardy ever. Yeah. Also, is in sports betting. And all he uses now, our sports, we're better than that guy. We make more money, actually, probably than that guy. A skeptical of him because we use uh, situational mm-hmm. intelligence and we don't go all the time with uh, return yeah. to the mean, they call it. Right, right. Sports right. betting. Return to the mean. Right. I used it tonight with the Clippers. The Clippers lost the first two games. So they're going to 
return to the mean. So oh, now we're going to start using this a little bit more, but thinking about return to the mean, if the guy had finished in second place six times, and then we talk about marginal utility. Yeah. yeah. The return to the mean is uh, most likely, not 100%, but most likely, and that's probability theory. Remember, probability theory, we use probability theory, statistics, logic, decision science. But if the guy finishes the second place six times, he most likely is going to finish in first place versus being 0-7. Clippers tonight, uh, most likely, we're going to win tonight. Right. That's why you got to read things and you have to. That's why being skeptical and cynical, like uh, Mike Priestley and Nisi and I are. So when we read things, right, because this is what the news does or PR does, right? Does what the line makers today. They made the Suns the favorites because they knew that the most likely outcome was that the Clippers were going to win and they're in business to make money. So I call that game being in business with Vegas. So when Coach Mike said, hey, this guy, you know, this mental strength, obviously he's a mentally strong guy to even be in the PG. Yeah, yeah. Most likely he's going to be one for six, which is phenomenal. Remember what I'm telling you about marginal utility? This is point zero zero zero, either five or six zeros to get there, right? <laughs> he's most likely going to be one for six versus zero for seven. Not mm -hmm. saying that he's not going to go for seven, but in this case, a hundred dollars converts to eight hundred dollars. And for us, because we would have bet the other two guys because of marginal utility, six hundred dollars profit. Sitting and watching golf on, on TV. So let's just say, for example, using the U.S. Open Championship. The Is there another major? Now I'm getting excited for the next major break. <laughs> The open. So what's happening in here is that British Open. <laughs> the, the purse on this was twelve million five hundred thousand dollars. So just to give our viewers and listeners some perspective, a guy who tied for seventieth, right. oh seventieth, him and a buddy each made twenty two thousand dollars. Now I don't know about you, Josh, but four days of work for twenty two grand. Okay, I mean you're used to making that in a day or an hour, but most people say no, you know, it's, it's hit or miss. But then you got to look at taxes. Yeah, he tied for 70s and he made $22,000. Pretty amazing, huh? I mean, Phil Mickelson ended up tied for something like 60. What was Phil? Or where did Phil show up down there? He filled up. Uh, right. Phil, he tied for 62nd. He made 24 grand. But think about it, right? It's just me. Yeah. Uh, and we'll close with this and let you know what your thoughts. But it's me. Uh, if I make the cut, I'm happy in California. If I'm in Texas and make a cut, I'm still strategizing to try to win the whole thing because California says that professional athletes must pay 15% yeah. of what they make to the state. Remember, we're paying 40% to the government. So that's what, 35% yeah. of 12 million. Yeah. There's still a lot of money, but that's a lot of money going to the FBI agents we were reading about earlier. Yeah. Well, I think the idea of you said something the other day that struck me, and I hope the viewers and listeners got this. 
you can have fun playing with sport betting. If you like a golfer, if you like a racehorse, if you like a race car, if you like a basketball team, if you like a football team, hey, have a little fun with your friends. You know what? Have a little fun, have a party, have nacho and cheese and chips and drinks, whatever. Don't don't get so hung up on this thing that we're, you know, not in this thing to live life. I mean, I'll be 70 years old in March. I feel like I'm hitting my second stride, Josh. And I, I, I was thinking about something we talked about a few podcasts ago, that when people do watch these podcasts and they pay attention, they take notes and they say, I'm going to try you guys. I'm going to test you guys out. You guys are talking some smack. Let's see if it's real. If you go back over the last few podcasts and things we've said and the things you'll do that, you're, you're dollars ahead. If you're not, you're not paying attention. And you're getting uh, clarity to use yourself on media consumption and what's going on in your local city council, your town boards. But to Mike Persinese's point, sports betting, is it's really like investing Wall Street bets, Bitcoin, all that stuff. Uh, the same way you approach a wager stuff, we did it. We use marginal utility. We use statistics. We use logic and decision science. All the disciplines you need in any business to what? Purpose and outcome. To come up with an outcome where you make a lot of money. But at the same time, yeah. I had a great year uh, NFL. Had a great year college basketball. Had a great year. Uh, now with the NBA playoffs, I give all the picks away for free on Twitter. And I got a message at the end of last football. Season. A guy said, listen, uh, Anything you need, let me know. Because I listened to the podcast and I made $12,500 using your picks on my football. That made me smile more than anything else. Sure. Right? Because at the end of the day, pandemic's here. We're human. We like to. And sports betting is about collaboration. Now he's saying, hey, I got some insight. He was telling me about the early rounds in tennis, which I ended up monetizing. I don't know anything about tennis. Sure. Yeah. You know, and it's like the Bible. God healed 10 people of leprosy and only two came back. Yeah. That's it is for every guy that won 12,500 uh, on a football field. There's nine other people out there who made just as much money or more. Yeah. But what are they doing, right? Uh, last three, you know, since the podcast started, we've got only five stars from somebody reviews them. And I, and I bet you it's because they want a lot of money off some picks or something. And they're like, well, I can't send them money. I don't even know this guy. I'll give him a good review. Five stars. Okay. Right. Purpose and active. That's why we love clarity and we like frankness and being honest. Okay. Closing words, Mike Persides. Well, I just, it's been a lot of fun for me just to hang out with you and with the viewers and listeners because some of my passions are some of your passions. Right are being an athlete okay so when you play sports you have a much better a not only appreciation right but you have a much better feel for when you say i think so and so is going to do really well in this sport because and you list your reasons and it's data and it's statistics and it's past performance and it happens and a lot of people say well isn't that a lot of luck yes there's some luck involved sure Sure. Yeah, anything. Nothing wrong with that. There's luck in everything, right? But the thing is, when you can combine luck and fun, get some wins, you got some people to get into your corner. And as we grow this podcast, we keep going from horse racing to crime to sports betting 
So we're going to get into more sports down the road. Well, and, and, and the thing with Fosse too, because I, I think about it, we've done a few podcasts on it. It's done really well. Some people understand it. People who get it, get it. People who don't will never get it. But when next time you see Fosse on TV, say it's documented, everybody knows he gave the Chinese government $11 million. Hmm. And, and, and no better way to explain selective prosecution because you have many levels. You like the guy. The guy has done some really good things. And that's, same, that's why you look at criminals in, in a different way. That's right. You have some mercy, some empathy, because there are a lot of people in jail who are criminals who've done great things, right? And we give Stephen King's Sham Trunk Redemption or whatever that movie's called. Why is it on TV every day? Because it's making that point about selective prosecution. People who are in jail, some of them, most of the people in jail are in jail because they committed crimes. But that's just part of the story. There might have been people who have done great things. They had a bad day. The police don't come on your best day. They come on your worst day. That's right. I mean, to your point, one more guy, Al Capone in the neighborhoods of Chicago when he was younger right. was like a modern-day Robin Hood. If right. you said to the Italian people and some right. of the Hey, what about Al Capone? Al Capone, he should be governor. He should be mayor. Al Capone, right. hey, right. are you kidding me? Right. Well, it's, it depends on your perspective. Now, right. in perspective, he was a pretty bad guy. Okay. Right. But did he do good? A lot of us do good. Right. Do we do legal and illegal? We hope no. we do. That's different, right? No. All right. So we'll close with uh, William Church uh, with. Uh, Winston Churchill, who got us through the last major crisis in Western civilization. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening and growing and getting us more downloads on the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this one goes to Shit in the world. That's why I wear the shoes and roll my butt.